leak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, world. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, world. And here we are, episode 26 of The Hopeless Show. What's up, Aaron? Yo, how's it going, Rohit? I know we have we have something special today. We do, we do. And you know, not only is you know episode 26 the Saquon Barkley episode, Ugh. but we have a very special sponsor of this episode. Do you know who that sponsor is, Aaron? I don't. Please tell me. Yeah, I've been trying to get a, a sponsor's approved without your permission. But today, we are sponsored <laughs> by the letter P. So throughout <laughs> our podcast, letter P, you'll hear about everything from pizza to P to predictions to story about a penis and even an email from someone named George P. You're going to see the, the, you know, the recurrence of the letter P throughout. And I think it's just it's a perfectly fitting theme um, and source of inspiration for today's show. That's preposterously, pretentiously, panically, pontifically, perennially amazing. (laughs) Or perfect. And perfect. Um, So that's great. I'm so glad to have the letter P sponsoring us today. And so it's a special weekend this weekend. Um, This weekend, for those who don't know, is it's the Jewish New Year. It's uh, a year, the year changes every year, um, just like in the regular calendar year. In the Jewish New Year, it changes. So this year is 5780, which is ending, and then it becomes 5781. So another theme today, which we'll get into a little bit more, is about new beginnings, about how we can take what, what has been and learn for the future. And whether you're Jewish or not, and I'm going to read something in a little bit, but whether you're Jewish or not, you'll see that it, it, it applies to all of us. So uh, that's coming up in, on the episode. And then we also, just as a teaser, in the coming weeks, we have some of our biggest guests yet. And I know we say that a lot. And really, this we, we do. And I can't wait for you guys to see who we have in all, all sorts of mediums, uh, guests coming up. They're really... Uh, they're really, really interesting and top-notch and uh, sometimes it takes uh, an extra week or two for us to get the calendars aligned so we can do the have them on the episode, but they are coming. Can you, uh, are we allowed to give a hint or should we keep people uh, on their toes? I'll say this. One of them has the letter P. That's oh. the only hint for okay. now. Do they? Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't. Okay. Yes, it does. It does. It does. Um, but they're actually, you know, I think once you hear them, you'll be like, holy shit. You know, who'd they, uh, how the hell they pull that off? But it's all Aaron, you know, Aaron, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron's got some, uh, he's got some good friends. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, our friends or people who, uh, who, uh, who are just have something good to say and want to say it with us. So Love it. Um, so that's coming up. And then I just have to say big news from the quarantine because it's news from the quarantine. So 
there was uh, a really cool thing that happened that I I'm very humbled by that uh, our trailer for the movie Tar coming out starting October second in theaters and then on demand. Uh, it was it's number one. It's it, it had has been number one on Apple trailers and it even beat the film Dune, which uh, which has I, I think it's got about three hundred million dollars more behind it than our movie. And we were actually ahead of it in the in uh, most watched trailers, which means millions of you have watched it, which means you're all our listeners are spreading the love. And I thank you because it's amazing that we can uh, can get to where we got with with the trailer. And I can't wait for you all to see the film and have an hour and a half um, of escapism, which is really what the movie's all about is so we can just have fun for a little bit. And what, what's the exact release date and can it be watched in, you know, in most markets? It's going to be released in uh, all of North America, October 2nd, in depending on COVID circumstances, theaters and drive-ins. And then it'll be on demand as well as still in theaters and drive-ins starting uh, October 20th. And by then, and then it's available on any on-demand platform. So uh, more, we'll, we'll update more as in the next episodes as we have can release more details about specifics of the theaters and stuff. But, uh, but, but, but October 2nd and then October 20th. And that includes Perfect. virtual cinemas where you can on October 2nd, where you can get it streamed to your home and stuff like that. Great. Well, we all look forward to, uh, that monster movie right in time for Halloween. Yeah, it's, uh, um, it's cool. And then the other, uh, thing I guess that I want to just mention news from the quarantine is that we Rohit and I and a, and a few select socially distanced friends, we did something that I recommend you all do. Whatever your side is, whatever your take is on politics is we got together and we did filled out mailers to get people to vote. And what, whoever you want to vote for, that's your choice. But to get people to vote, because we are we are all about encouraging freedom of speech, as we talk about a lot on this show. We talk about the Logic Party, about bringing logic to our country, and part of logic is getting people to vote and making sure people exercise their amazing right to vote. So we actually took action and did that this weekend, and I encourage you all to do it. Yeah, and I think there was only two bad things that came out of it of this weekend doing that one was we may actually lose some voters that receive our letters and our postcards because of at least both Aaron yours and my are shoddy handwriting um so hopefully that doesn't scare away anybody yeah it's it's it was really bad um and the second thing is um yeah we decided to also eat hot wings from hotville here in la (laughs) it's uh you know like i guess a, a locally famous uh chicken place um in crenshaw and um yeah, I think I can still feel the inside of like the inner lining of my stomach burn like like the center of hell um, a week <laughs> later. So, yeah, everything yeah. else is amazing. The whole experience was fantastic, minus those things. And so don't do those two things and do everything else. Get people to vote. And uh, not with hot wings. So. Uh, with that, if you if you wouldn't mind sparing me this moment, because I wrote something about the Jewish New Year, which I really think just applies to everyone. And this show is about bringing hope to all things hopeless. Right. Yeah. 
And in this case, I want to start off with something that I think will bring some hope. Um, so is that cool if I if I read this and then we'll jump into all the the peeing and the and the dicks and the penises and the all the other stuff that's going to happen on this show? Yeah, I I, I think you know after I, I read you my you know my hopeless. Uh, sort of gender reveal rant last week i think we should balance it with a nice positive uh little <laughs> sermon from you so why don't well, you kick that off aaron thank you um and uh you know i always think of my grandfather who was a rabbi when i when i think of these things um so if you don't mind i have a few thoughts i hope are helpful and some honest reflection on tonight the jewish new year rosh hashanah five seven Eight zero ends, five seven eight one begins. Jewish or not, I believe this is a time for reflection, acknowledging all that has happened, and coming with a new perspective for what's to come. Bear with me. Five seven eight zero, just like twenty twenty, was not what we had all envisioned. Let's be honest, for most of us, it sucked. But that's not my point or the meaning of this holiday, at least from my perspective. So I question what can we take away from all that has happened this past year. In spite of all the trials and trauma, how can we grow, use the pain, and expand our horizons? How can we take a few pieces from the year we may not have felt before and use them to better ourselves in the year to come? But what are words without my own self-exploration? For me, a few things that pop into my head. I took for granted the exciting and enjoyable things in life. This year, I learned that they can be gone in an instant, and I will try my hardest in the new year to treasure every one of them. One big thing this year I have channeled and thought of my grandfather more than ever. If he escaped Nazi-ruled Germany, surely we can escape this year, feel for all those lost, and treasure all those we have. Another, expand my horizons to every possible tree, mountain, ocean, and person I can see. This year has exposed how much I still don't know about others and how much I want to continue to learn. We are only as united to the point where we let ourselves understand that which we seemingly can't comprehend. I want to keep learning. I want to keep seeing other points of view. I want to keep comprehending. And finally, and this is a big struggle daily, I have learned to look in the mirror and not just reflect on if I'm having a good hair day, and today I'm not having a good hair day, but to reflect on what I can accomplish that day, what I can bring that is positive with all that we have stacked against us during these times, what good and what growth can, we, uh, can be accomplished and can come from that day. I believe whether you are Jewish or of another religion or of no religion, this is not a Jewish thing. This is a human thing, which is beautiful, which is humanity. Please share any of your thoughts. All my love to everyone in this time of reflection, renewal, unity, of loving our neighbors and ourselves and a brighter year ahead for all of us as one people. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you, Aaron. Um can I say happy Rosh Hashanah or is that one of those things like, cause you don't say happy Passover, obviously say um, happy anything. Look, it's a new year. Okay, great. Well, happy new year to you, brother. And thank Thanks, you man. for, uh, you know, showing that kind words, you know, don't have to, you know, like kind words tied to faith are meant for everybody. You know, it's, it's, so it's great. Um, 
Thanks, so man. with that, yeah, let's go right into hopelessness. Uh, now that we just brought hope, let's go right into yeah, just so terribleness. We want to build you up to tear you down. And so, Aaron, big news came today after kind of teasing uh, it for you know over a couple times over the past few months. Um, looks like orders from the U.S. government will be that social media app TikTok must be removed from all U.S. app stores, including Apple and Google, this Sunday. Now, TikTok, as we all know, social media app built around, you know, dancing and little clips and just kind of like, you know, generally like Gen Z kind of having, you know, sort of fun uh, with yep. music and, uh, and their creativity. Now, the uh, there's over 100 million U.S. users that um, that are using the app, which is kind of crazy. It's like one out of every three Americans pretty much is on TikTok, which is wild. Um, so what? While I initially was just having fun with the chaos over the past few months of it almost getting, you know, banned because I was really loving just seeing how upset people were because it was <laughs> actually pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, and it was to me, in my mind, you know, really a sort of um, a win for privacy, if you may. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now in the camp where uh, I'm like, oh, crap. Like, you know, if Oracle, you know, U.S. company was was slated to buy it um and you know bite dance is still going on a bit like why is this band being announced now but really it, it just seems this seems like a very very sort of autocratic move so we're, we're how do we you know for all the tiktok fans out there um how do we help them feel better knowing that they can still use the app but they won't be able to have any more updates and it might get broken well i think there's two pieces to this one i heard something funny on the radio uh, on on Sirius, I was listening to Howard Stern, and they were mentioning this topic, not the updated news, but they were mentioning it was a few days ago. And Robin Quivers, who's Howard Stern's right hand uh, woman in the show, and you know, is one of the most famous voices in radio, referred to it as Tic Tac. And Howard Stern had to correct her and say that's what you use for your breath. So for everyone who's losing TikTok, I recommend because I think they're delicious to go get Tic Tacs. Just like Robin Quivers called it on the on the Howard Stern show, the most famous radio show of all time. Go get Tic Tacs, because at least for a brief moment, you're replacing your TikTok with your Tic Tac. You'll have better breath. There's lots of good flavors and so on. So that's one bit of hope. Uh, a second bit of hope. I think it's ridiculous that it's getting removed personally. I think the freedom of speech, freedom of a lot of stuff, it's just I don't like it. I like what Twitter's done, where if there's just completely false stuff said, um, they've done it to the president, they've done it to other people. If there's just evil, false stuff, they silence it. But if people are just having fun and dancing, especially during a pandemic, I think that that's wrong. So I really hope that in the new year, to bring it back to New Year's, in the new year, some of this silencing of media and silencing of voices gets undone so that we can get our let let every voice be heard, especially when it's usually just fun and dancing. And so that's a hope for for me in this new year is go get Tic Tacs. I really recommend there's one called like like Fruitalicious or something. And it's like seven flavors. And I've I've actually eaten the entire box at once. You just throw it all in your mouth. And it's such a wonderful sensation of flavor in your mouth. And and then two. In the new year, I really hope things like TikTok don't get banned by the government because I just 
it just sits so wrong with uh, it seems like it's very one-sided what does and doesn't get banned yeah I think this is also an interesting opportunity for um, kids to kind of learn about side loading um, <laughs> and what that is is you know downloading apps but not from official app stores and kind of like you know finding ways to illegally have apps on your phone now what this shows to me is like kids are already i keep saying kids but i'm speaking generally about gen z who has been dominating tiktok now this generation has already been far ahead of like creativity and editing and all these sorts of little tricks than we were at that age and even gen and, and even just like you know even like younger millennials have been at that age. So all of a sudden now they're like savants with creativity. If they could be savants and sort of now have to learn how to navigate the internet in sort of like, like sort of backhanded, you know, back, you know, I guess backroom ways, it's kind of great because now they're going to become an even more competent generation. Um, and I think it's great. So if, if, if everybody can learn then how to, to bypass uh, app stores and rules and regulations, I think that might come in use in the future. And I think that because who knows where censorship will go, who knows what happens with various governments. But I think that this is something that I'm pretty fascinated by. Um, so hopefully, you know, they can find a way um, and it's not a total loss. And then let's bring up two P's where this has been done before. Uh, it's been done with online poker and which is the letter P. And it's also been done um, in the past with online porn. So yep. two other P's where this has been done before and now it can be done with TikTok or if you want to rename it, Pickpock. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a really good comparison. It's it's, you know, life finds a way. And I guess so do stupid dances. So let's hope <laughs> that that works out. And <laughs> but so I guess ball. speaking of stupid dances, I've got to say that we're, we're on to the mailer game, which if you don't know, is a game we play, I get the mailers from both the Trump campaign and the Biden campaign. We're nearing the end of this of this mailer game. So I just want to tell you, Rohit, that for the mailer game, it's getting more and more insane by the day, the things that are being sent. So can I um, read you a couple? Because Please. it's like, yeah, it, one. Am it's I guessing? Like, yeah, you're guessing, and it comes all the time. Don't get, don't miss your chance to get a call from blank following the first debate. Name, Aaron, entered to win. No, not yet. Donate $20 right now, and we'll double your entry for a chance to get a call from blank after his debate in just 11 days. You know what? I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say that it might be Joe Biden copying Trump's tactics. You got it. Oh, my gosh. I thought that yes. was going to trick you. Woo. Wow. I really thought that was going to trick you because when I read it, I opened it and I thought, wait, this is a Trump one. And it was a Biden one. Now, it wasn't a seven times. Is that what gave it away? That it was just double instead of seven times or eight I, times? I, honestly, something in my mind was just telling me that this race is going to get fought down at Trump's level, not high up at most normal candidates level from either party, um, because that's how he won. And so it was just a matter of time. 
just a matter of time. So you were totally right. That's crazy. I really thought, um, I really thought that I'd trick you. And well, I didn't. I trust, trust me. I didn't feel strong about the guess, but something in my heart told me. Because, well, here's one that's easy. Hillary Clinton here. Do you want to spend some time with Kamala and me tomorrow? <laughs> Absolutely not. But yes, that one is also from the Biden camp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me. Um, give you one more if you don't mind because again we don't know who this is from well here I'll give you an easy one Eric Trump will visit Superior Laminating in Milford PA today find out details how you can meet him (laughs) no thanks (laughs) but that's obviously from the TJT like what's with them like trying to get you to meet the people that you have no desire to meet with why would anybody want to meet with Hillary or Eric Trump Nobody does. Um, But so a lot of them have been easy. So one other thing that happened, this isn't in a mailer yet, but it will be because it's pretty breaking news is Tucker Carlson. So the activist Cornell West was on Tucker Carlson, which is definitely a a combination you wouldn't expect. And Tucker uh, Cornell West explained what the Democratic version of social life is which is not socialism as as is uh like marxism and stuff they're totally different things so cornell west really eloquently explained it to tucker carlson and tucker carlson and i quote said i'm basically on board with that (laughs) and i just thought like tucker carlson who has the most punchable face in america uh get saying that because Cornell West was so um so dignified and honest with his response on what they keep saying is socialism but it isn't and then Tucker Carlson's like oh I agree with that so I can't wait for the next mailer to come that where the Biden campaign says something about it and the Trump campaign says something about it because I know it's coming I love it and I also love that when people can actually admit that ideas from quote unquote the other side are actually good because nobody is trying to nobody on either side is trying to like like kill every single person on the other side what they are it's just people have very different extreme ideas of what's right and very different ways and sort of like ways of decency about going about it but i think the more middle ground we can find honestly the only people that win is the entire country you know and that's That's what I hope again for this new year is that we start to understand each other more instead of just put these platitudes out there that make people hate each other because it doesn't have to be that way. There's another P for platitudes. Platitudes. Um, Um, Which transitions transitions us into your topic, which is also about the letter P. This is the letter P. This is Kanye and peeing. And I gotta go on a rant for a sec, dude. Um, (laughs) Please. I, and I've seen Kanye West in concert, I think, four times, maybe five. Um, I liked his music. I thought he was a great artist. I'm done with him. I'm act, Until like the guy can show some redeeming qualities, I'm done with him. And here's why. This guy is showing privilege beyond any, like, you know, he's, I guess, Trumpian in his, Trumpian in his, privilege of like 
being a super rich guy for a very long time who has a ton of success and a ton of talent, but he shows, I know he has mental issues, but he shows no concept of what it's like to be anyone but narcissistic Kanye. And what he did this week is he put one of his Grammys, and for all those musicians out there who are hoping to win a Grammy someday, and hint, we might even be having a Grammy winner on the show uh, coming up. But to have the audacity, all these musicians, they work their ass off to get to that point where you can win a Grammy. And he threw one in his toilet, posted it on Instagram, and started peeing on it. And I just thought, that is just, regardless of what you think about your awards or anything, that's just really a a fuck you to everyone who's working their ass off to make it in the arts. And then you have the audacity, do it in your privacy if you want, but to post that and make that a news thing. And then it goes viral, of course, because it's Kanye and everyone sees it. It just made me think, screw you, screw your pee, screw your toilet. And you know what? Screw your Grammy too. Like that all done for me. And you know what? I, will not go see that guy in concert anymore. I don't want to see his antics. One time I went and saw him and he had his head covered the whole time with by a bag and I was thought that was dumb and this like way outdid it and it made me feel real hopeless because the problem is it still gets attention. And I don't think this deserved an ounce of attention except I'm doing it right now and giving it more attention, which is even, so I'm a part of the problem too. P problem. And so I just it really pissed me off, dude. Like don't do that. That's just, that's like Pun so intended. much entitlement. What? Pun intended. That's so entitled <laughs> awfulness. That's like everything wrong with everything to me. Help. Okay. I'm going to come in with another, with an alternate point of view. P. Through the years, I've actually grown to not only, uh, you know, appreciate, but kind of love Kanye's antics. What he is doing, I think, is nothing else than just trying to just rustle everyone's jimmies. I think he has no you know, other motive than to piss people off and to get them talking. And I think that in itself, like Kanye West is performative art. His entire persona is an art piece. His, like to think about this, because everything you said was truth. Everything that you said was fair and just. But what he did is got you to say it in such an ups like one artist just peeing on a trophy is naturally going to make everybody so upset. And I think there is genius in that. Like, I think that there's something that's, that's art in itself that I don't know if there's another artist out there that could generate such a polarizing sort of, uh, sort of, sort of thing. And, and here's the thing. And I do appreciate that he probably is never listening to his PR person. No, like, it's probably next to like trying to be Trump's PR person. It's probably the most frustrating job on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there is just, I mean, yeah, I, I could say this is like, enjoy this Kanye ride while we have it. Cause I'm not sure if we'll never get, if we'll ever get anyone like him that has well, that, the audacity to do what he's doing. Here's the thing. And just to, cause that didn't give me any hope. Cause also a lot of people liked it. <laughs> Like a lot of people were like, yeah, screw the, screw the award. I don't know. So there it was, there was all sorts of voices about this. Not only did a lot of people support it and like it because it's just insane, but also we've had these people before. Kanye isn't reinventing the wheel. 
every I mean the Beatles were extreme when they started then you had like uh, people like David Bowie who were extreme and did all kinds of outlandish things then you had Madonna and what uh, Sinead O'Connor did some uh, tore up a picture of the Pope and then more recently we've had you know what Lady Gaga has done extreme stuff and I mean there's always been these people I just think Kanye takes it to a level where he's not even making a point. He's just being preposterously, for a P, insane and, and and just a jerk. Like, I think it's okay to admit when someone is just a jerk. And I think he's gone into just full-on jerk mode. I'll give you that. I will give you that. And jerk mode is actually a good name for an album or a track. Or a band. But, um, so let's start a band called The Jerk Modes. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like Travis Scott sicko mode, but different. But different, um, just a lot more pee. <laughs> um, so I don't know if I can bring you hope, other than this is if an artist's job is to stir emotion. As an artist, even though he's doing it in a jerky way, yeah, this dude is proving that you know what you talk about freedom of speech. He had this is his award, his social accounts. He's able to do that, and he's not being censored for it. No, which also sucks that like everyone, 100 million people are being censored on TikTok, yet Kanye pees. But on the bright side, in the new year, I really do hope that we kind of are like get over, like the Kanye thing goes away for a bit. He needs a timeout. If he come back, come (laughs) back. He's he has no hope in the new year. Um, Mm. Well, let's go to a positive, a positive music thing because it's hard to find total hope in that maybe some people found hope in what you said i didn't i think he's a jerk um but bts the k-pop band our favorite band our our, the best most hopeful kindest sweetest amazing band on the planet we just don't know a lot of their music but i'm gonna say this roa do you know what they did this week uh no i missed it again because we don't the one thing we don't know is a lot of their music. We're learning their music as we go, but we love the band. Favorite band. They performed their big hit, which I actually think is a cool song, Dynamite, on America's Got Talent. So they got together somewhere socially distanced and were on national TV as a band, as a group, performing their hit, which is all in English, called Dynamite. And everyone loves this song. And I actually listened to it. I don't watch the show, but I watched... a little of the clip and I listen to it I'm going to play like a tiny piece for you because it's actually good like it's really good shoes on you get up in the morning cup of milk let's rock and roll King Kong kick the drum rolling on like a rolling stone sing song when I'm rocking home jump up to the top of the brawn honestly pretty good song right it's it's, it reminds me of like a, a Justin Timberlake like happy summer song you know and and i i just i love i love the fact that global like the me like music is just at this point because of social and everything it's it's just transcended countries do you remember when we were growing up do you remember columbia house and bmg records like for for the kids that are listening out there um, people like Aaron and I used to subscribe to CD. Like I know I did. I subscribed to like monthly CD houses Yeah, and they'd send you a new CD every month. And when you first signed up, you got to pick like seven CDs. So I picked like guns and roses and you know, like 
and then like Metallica and Criss Cross and like Dr. Dre and all this kind of stuff, whatever, right? Yeah. So um, it's the very early '90s, and I kind of whole, remember all that. these like artists. They had all that, and it was great. I mean, they had all these artists, and then they had a whole section called Global. Pretty much, if anybody was not from an English-speaking country, it was not from UK or America. It was p- placed under Global. So. Right. And it's just like how much great music that we listen to that is everywhere from Brazil to Portugal to Korea to, you know, China and India like that is not that we don't see as global music. We just see as music now. I just love the progress since we were young that that's got to. And you know, uh, we have people like BTS to thank. And yeah. So so per what you said, thank you, BTS, for bringing happiness and hope and not peeing on anything. So I like it. Yeah, it's I'm we don't know that they haven't peed on anything. We don't know that, but they haven't at least on their Instagram yet. I also probably should follow their Instagram, but they haven't yet. So speaking of music and BTS, which we're going to come back to in a bit, it's time for hopeless TV. And, you know, we always get into the most hopeless things on television that we've experienced during the quarantine, during the pandemic, and just during life. Uh, so, um, do you mind if I start Rohit with something? Please, please. Uh, I got I got sad this week because I watched the film, the classic, Tommy Boy. Because sometimes after, if I'm watching the news or watching something depressing or just... Even if I'm watching a show that's like a little downer, I sometimes just need to go back to a classic and watch it. So I watched Tommy Boy. And man, oh man, that movie is ridiculous and funny. And then it made me very, very sad for a few reasons. And maybe you can bring hope. The first reason is Rob Lowe's in that movie. And Rob Lowe, we might have talked about this on the show a while ago. Rob Lowe, oh, he's, when I was he's a thief, yes, Rob Lowe is a thief. He stole my cookie at a giant concert. We were in the same box, not because we're friends or know each other, but we just happened to be in the same box. We were sharing food and stuff. And he literally, as I turned around to get a drink, he stole my cookie. And so every time I see that guy in a thing and I try to avoid him, um, but every time I see him in something, I think of how I needed that cookie at that moment because I really did need it. Uh, so that pissed me off first because I forgot he was in it. I was like, man, why does he be, have to be like the pretty boy in this film? But that wasn't what was the most hopeless thing. It was just the first. The second hopeless thing is Chris Farley, who was so freaking funny and so damn talented. And we lost him so young. And I was just thinking, man, we'd have... That movie came out like, what, 20 years ago or 25 years ago? We'd have 20 or 25 more years of funny Chris Farley. And that's selfish. And also just people like him to die young who are so talented and funny. And they make you laugh just by like walking around. Uh, It was just like, man, I, I couldn't. I kept thinking about what could have been in watching that film and how we lost this epic comedian just like his idol uh chris farley i mean uh john belushi died so young they died at the exact same age actually um it was i think 33 were they in the 27 club the 33 33. comedian club um 
So, yeah, they both died at the same time. And so I just thought, man, I just wish we had more Chris Farley. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, thank God that, you know, he had so many SNL appearances and, you know, he had these movies that they'll always, be, they'll be, be immortalized in them. And it's just, you know, sometimes these, these bright flames just burn out so, so hot. They burn so hot that they burn out so early. And it's, it's sad. And I think a lot of people think, you know, what this reminds me of is like, you know, the rich and the famous and, you know, they have their problems too. And when I even, when I see shit online, you know, like I don't think bullying's okay in any regards, even when it's about public figures. And when people are like saying horrible things about somebody, it's like, oh, who gives a shit? They're rich. Like, like that shit to me where they're famous, who cares? Like, and they start dehumanizing people because of what's in their bank account and versus what's in their heart and what's in their heads like that, that that's the sad part. And I think like Chris Farley had problems. He had drug problems. He had depression problems. He had alcohol problems. And they, those, you know, I think are often overlooked because he was a famous comedian. And, and I think if anything, maybe like, you know, we can pull out that it's, you know, like that, that sadness and that abuse, that self abuse can come from anywhere of any, from, 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 someone that has any modicum of success. Um, so I don't know if I can bring you hope because we'll never see Chris Farley again or someone like him. But if anything, I think today people are a lot more aware at least about talking about, even down to the memes. There's like all these depressed memes and all that, which is great. People are talking about these things out in the open. So maybe we don't have to lose young talent because things may, might be easier to talk about today. That's a great, that's a great point because um, I think everyone unless you're lying to yourself, everyone during this time, during 2020, for one reason or another, has felt some level of depression at some point, some level of being bummed out because of what's going on, what we can't do, and so on. And I, I you know, read some of my things earlier, so I won't repeat them. But uh, I really do look at life this way. It's not about the money you make. It's what you do with your time. And uh, of course, we all want to and need to make money to survive and make a living but it's really what you do and because uh, we all have problems and we all suffer from the difficulties and the hardships of life and this year has been all the more showing of that so uh, yeah we're all just people and just remember it's okay to talk about your problems and that's part of why Aaron and I are here we're trying to find common problems that a lot of people have a lot of yep. people feel hopeless about sometimes big topics, small topics. And, you know, if there's anything out there that you want to talk about, whether it's personal or not, send it to us and we'd love to address it because nobody is alone here. No, we're that's all the point of our show is we want to show you. Yeah, we're open books. And uh, I hope we show that when we talk about our personal stuff that's uh, frustrating as well or hopeless. So uh, keeping on with and Hopeless TV. And yeah, what yes, were you going to say? By the way, for not saying we're all in this together. Thanks for not saying we're no. all in this together because that we're all in this so fucking we're, corny. We're all in this in very different ways, but yes, we're on this earth at the exact same time. Yes, and in these trying times, we're all in this together. God, I think <laughs> that was like our first or second episode where I was just like, we're going off just about all those tropes. But anyway, let's get to the next bit of hopeless TV, and this is uh, about a show called Ted Lasso, starring. Um, 
Jason Sudeikis plays an American football coach that gets hired by a European football team, a soccer team, and he's never played soccer in his life, and now he has to go coach, uh, you know, a, a Premier League team. The show is phenomenal, but what's been really hard for me, Aaron, is getting into this weekly schedule of shows. And having to wait for new episodes, I don't think there's any really hope that can be found except Rohit learns impatience. But I just <laughs> want to let you know how now that Archer, that, that season is starting this weekend and it's going to be one episode at a time. Um, like it's, 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 it's now that we've watched so much uh, other TV. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know how to deal with this one, one weekly episode thing. It's not making me happy. I'll give you hope. It's very simple for me. I don't do it. Um, unless it's live TV, that's something that's watched at that moment. I only do binge watch of shows and then I'll decide if I want to continue as it goes. So I wait like, um, breaking bad, for example, I waited till it was over to watch it. And I just tuned out all the noise about it. Um, Ozark, I waited, missed out on the fun of it. Oh, I had a lot of fun. I had a month of amazing where for a month I couldn't stop watching it. And so it was actually a month of amazing. And really late nights where I'd watch four or five at a time. So I just don't do that anymore for the most part because uh, I know I'll have that problem you have. So I don't do it. It's hard. Yeah. I just go like Ozark. Ozark. I waited till the end of season three to watch one, two and three. I think we did the same thing. Yeah. I think we might have been a week or two behind you. Great show. Great show. And if I was waiting episode to episode, I would have lost my mind. So, uh, yes. So that's the hope I say. Everyone wait to binge watch. Great. I'm down. And then binge watch together. And then binge Um, watch together. Cool. So, so, so I I think this next topic, Aaron of yours. Yeah. So speaking Uh, of live TV, as I said, there are times when I think live TV is the only sports for live TV. Got to watch. Rohit and I watch sports together. Uh, sometimes it's uh, a very fun thing to communally watch together, talk shit to each other about, maybe make a few bets, um, maybe make more than a few bets, and just have fun watching sports together. Joe Burrow, by the way, 24 points yesterday. Huge. Uh, Nice. So, But then there's things like town halls for presidential elections, which are live events. And I think... I find it important to judge and react with my own reactions before hearing what all the pundits have to say. So there were two town halls this week. There was one by President Trump on ABC with George Stephanopoulos, and there was one with uh, Joe Biden and Anderson Cooper um, on CNN. So I watched... I actually couldn't watch all of Trump's uh, because of uh, conflicts in my brain. Uh, but I watched some of it. And what was upsetting to me there and hopeless to me is the man continue. These people get up and they share their stories or have their um, problems. And he continues to just show no empathy. No matter what they say, there is no empathy to that man. And that made me feel hopeless. And it's actually why I ended up having to turn it off because he won. And then the second part is he didn't say one policy. And I wanted to hear whether you like the guy or not. I want to hear what his policies are. And there wasn't one. He couldn't even explain health care. He just 
gets mad at other people. And then when people would say their personal stories about COVID or something like that or about losing a job, he never once said like, I'm really sorry to hear that. And so that really made me feel hopeless. I watched uh, Joe Biden's town hall live as well. And again, I'll, I'll say whether you like him or don't, um, I, oh, I did like they stood up. So Trump and George Papagopoulos were sitting down. And I like that Trump and Cooper were standing up. I really liked that. Um, I also liked at the very beginning they said, we both had our COVID test today. We're negative. And so that's why we're able to proceed with this. What, again, I also liked about that was that Joe Biden shows empathy and lays out policy. And whether you like the policy or don't, he lays it out. He says, here's what I believe. Here's what people have said I believe, but here's actually what my policy is. And you can go to this. You can go to this website, JoeBiden.com, whatever, and read about it and then decide if you like it or not. And then the other thing I liked is that whenever someone would say a hardship they were going through, he empathized with the person. Before saying anything, whether it was Republican or Democrat, he there was a Republican who got up who was kind of being mean to him. And then she said, you just interrupted me. And he said, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Continue and then I'll talk. And it was just nice to hear a human talk to a human because we're all just human. So I like that. But what made me feel hopeless about that was then afterwards when I went and saw what people were saying about it, there were so many haters saying that before a commercial break, Anderson Cooper and Joe Biden got within six feet of each other. And I thought, they just said at the beginning of the show, they're both negative. They just tested. And at all these other rallies that you see, the MAGA rallies and stuff, no one's social distancing. So what in the world? They just said it. I just can't believe how people find anything to hate on anyone. Um, let's just look at the logic and the facts. So that's just what made me feel hopeless about live TV. I don't know if you can give me any hope or not. So um, the good thing about live TV is that you can't do editing live. No. Nope. Right? Or it's really difficult to. So I do hope that people are tuning in with live streams that they're in live TV so that the propaganda is less. So I think it's good that we have both candidates showing their true colors or at least what we perceive as their true colors live. And I hope more people tune in live and I hope that these town halls only become bigger and bigger and bigger because it's more chance to chance to see uncurated versions of our two candidates. And um, if anything, Aaron, I think you're right. Like that live experience is a much more truthful one. And I just as great as much as the highlights have been about you know, one candidate being an asshole or the other candidate breaking protocol, the distance, hopefully gets more people to tune in live and then more people to then see the truth about who each of these guys really is. That's what I hope. So I tune into both. Yeah, Listen yeah. to both candidates yep. and then judge for yourself. Exactly. Whatever you feel is best fit to run, um, run the country, then you hopefully see it live. Um, so I let's just end this uh, Hopeless TV on a really, really quick note. Um, I can't stand reality TV. Nope. I'll occasionally give in and watch a few select shows, but it's never real. Nope. Right. It's always very scripted. Um, and, but today there's a show called cheer, um, which is about this, I guess this college or community college or some college type thing. Uh, I won't that, like, say the person competition. Row it. I won't say the name of the person, 
but there's someone at my house who put on that show and liked it and I watched a little bit of it and I hated it. Keep going. I have I have one of those people also. You um, do. But we also Don't want to call out any negatives is. to anyone. But yes. And it's not my dog, either of my cats <laughs> or my turtle. Um, no. So if you want to narrow it down for the listeners at home. Um, but no, we're Jerry not talking Harris, shit about uh, anyone specifically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're keeping this general. Identities are being protected. Um, but Jerry Harris, uh, one of the cheerleaders, he, uh, I guess, was everybody's favorite. Um, you know, like adorable pudgy dude that was just like, you know, very fun. And apparently he's, he's a pedophile. Yep. Um, and he uh, was pretty much trying to solicit sex and nudes from at the time two 13 year old boys um and exchanging messages asking them to do different and these boys were like aspiring cheerleaders and he was abusing his status from the show and his sta- and his just sort of public standing to ask them to do these cheerleading moves and ask them to do it naked ask them to do things with each other ask them like to see if they meet up with him twice when he met them in person fortunately these kids kept turning it down but you know, it, it's it's wild. Like one of the, like how how do you like how do you deal how does someone deal with just such a what seems like a friendly public persona being a perv? I'll say it again, and I think you've been saying it too. These people who either are celebrities because of something awesome they've accomplished, like Kanye with his music, to someone who's a, on a, rea- a fake reality show called Cheer. Either way. TV is and movies are a persona. Just like if you go see my movie, I'm not the person that's in the movie. (laughs) Like that's a character. That's not me. And so Jerry Harris, the persona on the show was a created character for reality. It wasn't him. And I've known a bunch of reality stars and people and the person they're portrayed, even the people they're dating on the show aren't actually the people that, that they're with or that who they are in real life. They create versions of themselves and they hype it up just because that's what's getting the love for the camera. So anyone who loves reality shows, love it just like you love any sort of entertainment that you or movie or TV show that you know is just a movie or TV show. These aren't real. And these people, these aren't the real people. Trust me from experience and... Maybe you've met some too, but trust, like they're not, it's not the same person. I agree. Getting into personal stuff. I love what you're saying, Aaron, because also I think in the same way that we should, every news source, we should be taking with a grain of salt and really just trying to read between the lines. Do the same thing with reality stars and the the personalities in your life. Everyone is a persona. Exactly. The truth is hidden somewhere. So just don't believe this stuff. So speaking of nudity, But this time in an appropriate way, Uh, Chris Evans, who is because trust me, I I, we couldn't be more on on this show against child pornography. My God, Uh, it's the worst. So on a on a different note, Chris Evans, Captain America, the actor, somehow (laughs) and I don't know. And this is where. My hopeless versus hope question is going to come to you, Rowett. Somehow uploaded his whole camera Rolodex to Instagram, which included a picture of him with his erect penis. And um, 
one one side note to that, an ex-girlfriend of mine dated him before me. So I'd, I'd heard about this penis before. And then to have it be a national headline was like, whoa, no way. This is crazy. Why? And then, wait, why did he do that? That's stupid. There's no, did he do that for a reason or not for a reason? And then, so this isn't the interesting part of it. Here comes the interesting part of it. So this is what's the interesting part where it makes me think, how do you accidentally, Chris Evans, Captain America, just leak all your pictures, including that happens to include one of you with your erect penis? P, penis. So then I kind of thought, wait, was this for some other reason or not? And then he put out the tweet of the century to me. Like, it's like brilliant. He wrote, now that I have your attention, vote November 3rd, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation <laughs> mark. And it was the second mo- biggest tweet of his career behind his uh, tweet for Chadwick Boseman, who died. And so, as we all know, so I then I thought, wait. Was this a whole ploy for him to do this to get people to vote? Because he's pretty outspoken about voting in politics and uh, he's a big uh, Biden supporter. So then I was like, wait, like, is this just one big, massive ploy? So I want to know, because if it's a massive ploy, then I kind of think brilliant. But then I also think admit that you did this on purpose. (laughs) Um, What do you think? Yeah, I don't think I don't think he did it on purpose at all. I think it was a great recovery. Um, I think that uh, you know it was also interesting how all his fans started like flooding pictures of him not naked, um, and just so uh, you know that would trend instead of his dick. <laughs> um, I I I think there's two wins here. One is is his recovery, and you know penis for politics, great. Um, <laughs> the other the other is that. You have indirectly touched his penis um, <laughs> through, you know, your your previous uh, back in know, the day uh, relationship. Yeah, back in the day, long ago. So, congrats on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's an all-out win for everybody. And I won't say what what was told. Or I'm not going to get into the personal there. I'm just going to say that yes, there's there's wins on on all sides and I love I did love this comeback I thought that was brilliant I just uh, oh, yeah. so there it's there's a lot of hope in that in that erect penis <laughs> so yeah so he's not just Captain America isn't just America's ass you know he's America's dong um, <laughs> so speaking of of dongs I think you have uh, of, of a dong to talk about but of the of a different kind yeah yeah yes and this is just about all the ding dongs out there on Twitter um and something that a trend that I'm seeing every single Friday is called Cash App Friday. And Aaron, do you know what Cash App Friday is? I do simply because they threw an amazing party after Coachella. That's the only reason I know what they are. And that's when okay. it started. Well, and I hope that they throw great parties, but I don't know if that'll make up for, I think, what they are doing. Effectively, Cash App, you know, is, is an app like Venmo and so, you know, PayPal and all that stuff. Um, what they do is have a trending hashtag every Friday called Cash App Friday. And what it has turned into is people panhandling on Twitter. Everybody putting up their Cash App links, their Venmo links, and just asking strangers for money. <laughs> and 
they're not even doing tricks. They're not even turning tricks like in OnlyFans. They're just like asking for money. I, I think it's ludicrous. And the fact that we've normalized like sort of begging for money from people that are fully able to go out and just, you know, try and do something productive or spend that time trying to like get a job or do something freelance. But instead they feel it's okay just to beg people on Twitter for cash. I, I don't know. I hate it. Okay. Um, I'm going to say this. I hate it too, but I love their parties. So here's where I'm going to give you hope. I think the next party they have, let's go together and have fun. And then therefore this isn't about all the bad stuff that you just said. It's about us having fun because the world after all does revolve around us. True. True. Okay. So maybe all the fees that they're collecting from these panhandlers, if people like you and me can just use those to have fun and just party. Yes. I'm okay with that. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. We're not begging for it. Yeah. We're not begging for it. We're just taking advantage of it. Perfect. And the people that frustrate me by panhandling, knowing that there's indirectly paying for us to party. I'm okay. Yes. So Um, when we can actually go to a party again, we can't wait to use, (laughs) <laughs> cash app for <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know if that was hope i mean that was pretty obnoxious but no it, no, all, it was it was i feel good you know but in all reality it is it is a bit ridiculous what they're doing um but yes it yes. is all about us so with that i think it's time for Open 60 seconds. all right aaron you are up first let me start that timer and go all right joe rogan said he wants to host uh, one of the presidential debates another one and joe rogan is if you listen to the show closely you know that he already pissed us off by stealing norbit from us and making it his big thing instead of our big thing when we started that trend uh the movie norbit so that pissed me off and two i think this is the dumbest thing in the world joe rogan is a ufc host that works for dana white and he has a podcast that some people like, or a lot of people like, but he is not a de- debate moderator. And I just don't like this idea. Of course, Trump said he would because he's buddies with Dana White. But I just think this is a stupid idea and should be not happen. Give me hope. I love the idea because he's actually one of the best interviewers out there. Um, I think he takes he's done a great job of bringing in far left, far right, all sorts of crazy people onto his show and actually letting them have a voice and treating them with dignity like humans. Um, and I think he's far more qualified to do anything like that than someone like Cardi B, who I think people are also talking about also. She's oh, gosh. OK. All right. I'll take some hope in that and on the one condition, because I know that Joe Rogan t- does his show signs on mushrooms. And so I say in order for him to moderate, he and both candidates have to be on mushrooms. That, in my mind, would be the most progress America has made in decades if that was to happen. Done. All right. Hope. All right. Go. Great. Cool. All right. My turn. Um, Okay. So PlayStation 5 pre-orders went live uh, this week um, a day earlier than anticipated without really an announced time. And all the retailers sold out in seconds to minutes. I was lucky enough to get one, but now many people fear that they might, the PlayStation is supposed to be in hands by November 12th of this year. Most people might not get them until the spring. How do you bring hope to all these people that are missing out on the biggest platform release ever? Um, I will tell you, I didn't get a PlayStation 5 because I think that the fact that the PlayStation 5 isn't going to be able to adapt to have the uh, PlayStation 4 games 
be adaptable to the PlayStation 5 is really annoying and I hate when PlayStation does this. So I personally am boycotting the PlayStation 5 because I hate that they do that. And I'll probably end up getting it later. But I say wait and boycott for now. Even though Rohit didn't. Oh, I got some news for I got some news for you, Aaron. Every single game, it's going to be able to play every disc going back to PS2. And what um, for the games? That, yeah, for the games you have downloaded, um, if you you're going to be able to re-download them now in super high res, um, upscaled for PS5. Many games like Spider-Man and so on, The Last of Us. So it's actually going to be mega backwards compatible um, with everything except the controllers because the controllers are a whole new type of interface in terms of the haptics and everything. But yeah, that's all working. Okay, so I feel hopeless. Thank you. <laughs> all right. We're not going to be able to bring hope on all of them. No. Um, all right. It's yep, your topic next. Uh, my topic is the Clippers. We talked about this last week. They're my team. I love them to death. And they totally did something that almost never happens. But, of course, the Clippers did it is they lost. They blew it. They blew a three-game-to-one lead. They did not make their own history and go to the Western Conference Finals for the very first time. And then on top of it, all these Laker fans and other fans just talk so much shit to me about them. And I'm like, dude, I'm a fan. I'm an art. I love this team. I already feel shitty. Like your team's won a lot. Good job being on the bandwagon of the Lakers. I don't care. Just at least shut up. Give me hope. So, I mean, that's hard. And I hate to say like, told you so but like getting your hopes up in sports is such a bad idea um i'm just used to pure depression yeah but now here's the thing and what i always do to deal with my sports depression is become a rabid fan of whoever's playing the team i yep. hate so even though you lost to the nugs i think it's time to wear some powder blue and let's like you know and, and if you if you if you hate the lakers like now is the time if they lose to denver oh. just to start planning all the venom, all the ways you can make them upset. Um, even knowing there comes coming from a Clippers fan, you have time to plan to just to, to, to troll them. And I think we can creatively work towards this because I have no skin in the game because I'm a Knicks. Oh, fan. let's do it. But you hate the Lakers too. So let's do it. Let's nuggets. Go nuggets. Go nuggets. Go nuggets. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, let's go nugs. I actually don't hate the Lakers. I don't give a crap, but yeah, it's, I more hate the Knicks to wear my own favorite team. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, and uh, one more hope in 60 seconds. Yes. So the final one is something I believe both of us agree with. And I just, I think it's ridiculous that so many people deny this. Uh, they, there is now signs that there is actually life on Venus. So alien life on Venus of some kind. Micro, they're, they're small, um, small little things, but there's some sort of, microbes on venus and to me it's just the stupidest thing that people don't that people are so self-centered to our earth that they think it's the only place that has life and the fact that this is even news obviously there's life on other planets somewhere and it's to me it's like a no-brainer uh give me hope for all these deniers of this so yes there's there's such thing as life on other planets and life as we know it life as we know it is just the most tiny grain of sand in a universe of a beach um there's so, like this life on venus has to exist within like 800 degree temperatures as we know it now um so i think at least it'll open up people's eyes that life probably exists in billions of billions of places throughout the universe and you know we may have been born too early aaron because we're not going to be like flying spaceships to other galaxies and stuff you're, which sucks. you're not but i am yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know if i'm making it but like 
at least maybe, dude, we can, before we die, we might be able to confirm alien life. All right. And how cool would that be? I would love it. I'd love to hold an alien by the hand and say, what's up, dude? That's it. Yeah. And like an adopt one. An adopt one. Um, yeah. Or they can adopt great. me. They're probably smarter. Um, all right. Cool. So. Sure. So now it's time for our submissions and fan mail. And I'm really happy because we've got, uh, you know, a few this week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and they're, and they're coming from uh, from all over the place. Uh, and so, Aaron, why don't you uh, read us the first one? Yeah, the first is from James from Los Angeles, who wrote, Aaron, why haven't you responded? Please read my script and look at my show. And I know what I don't I don't know. uh this person personally, but I do get submitted sometimes, especially more recently with our film scripts or people sending their ideas or their their pilots or whatever it might be. And I always respond that I want to check it out because I always want to encourage artists, new artists, artists who are who are kind enough to want my opinion of their work to uh, to send it or to I say, yes, of course, I'd love to see it. My, the one thing is there's only so much time in a day and I do have a job and do have other things on my plate. So to, to James, I say, I, I get to it. I try to get to everything when I can. It's just, I also have to, in order for you to care about my opinion at all, I have to do my, my daily job so that I can get to helping you out. And until I can get to your work, I just recommend show other people too. I'm only one opinion. Yeah, and, and and James to go on top of that, I also have you know, um, you know, throughout our careers, you know, I, I have people that are always asking you know, how to get into my specific field and you know all that. I think what Aaron and I will always do is, we we'll, we will make the time sooner, you know, as soon as we can. But yeah, sometimes that's a little bit delayed. But um, thank you for your patience, though, because you know back yes. when we were young, it took us reaching out to other people, and we know that sometimes you're refreshing the inbox and even when you see that email back from that person you wrote to your heart drops and you're like oh my god i wonder what they i wonder what they wrote i wonder what they wrote yeah so we understand the anxiety and i think you know i think aaron on behalf of you i think it's just like thanks thanks for patience and honestly thank you for you know you know i, I hate to speak for you but it's just you know i'm sure aaron you're pretty grateful that people are are you know even wanting your opinion it feels you know like that you've made it no, massively. And I think for you, too, in the um, advertising field, people want your opinion. You're you know, you've you've done a lot of amazing things in your field. And I I can imagine that people ask your opinion and stuff all the time. I know. I mean, you've told me sometimes that that happens. And I think uh, both of us are, are givers with with what we can do. And if we haven't gotten to it yet, we're very grateful that you want our opinion and we will get to it. And I know Rohit uh, um, is very gracious with with his giving and his time. And it never hurts to send two or three reminders. Um, yeah, or five. Yeah, I mean, this is a good way of writing into the show. Um, all right, the next yes. question. So thank you, James, from L.A. Next question is uh, from George P. Is the band BTS in the movie Tar? Yes. So George P., um, who is, uh, he's actually a reporter for uh, ABC. And... He's the, I got to give, I'm going to give him full credit, George Pinocchio, because he is the one who made me know about BTS because I was on his show after BTS and like four people watched my episode compared to like the zillions that watched his and uh, the BTSs. He wrote me this. So to George, I will say our movie 
doesn't have the budget to remotely afford a BTS song. But if we could, we would have put BTS in the movie. But no, there is no BTS song in Tar because we can't afford the, I believe, million dollars it would take to have one of their songs in our movie. But they're in our minds and our hearts. Also, I think Aaron's being a bit kind right now. To be honest, the truth is that the guys just didn't really audition well. I don't know if they're cut out for the genre. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. All right, you're right. I was being humble. Yeah. Um, exactly. And so the last submission is uh, from Cindy in Toronto. And I'm going to throw this to you, Rohit, because I'm uh, Canadian. So I've, I feel like I want to ask a, a true, a true American, since I'm a halfer. Will the debates, Cindy from Toronto, will the debates help America? That means, the, I think she means the presidential debates as she looks from up north. I think they will because anything that helps us make a decision is great. And that's the time when we get to see the hard questions asked. It's a time we get to see just the emotional response that each of the candidates provides. And um, I think it's, it's right now, everybody is just, as usual, as this is the dawn of time, is my party good, other party bad, my platform good, other party, other platform evil. Mm-hmm. And now is the time where you start to actually see what those platforms are. You might, maybe people might start to give, you know, okay, I see where they're coming from there. You never move forward unless you move forward together. Um, and at least discussion is a first part of moving forward together. And even though debates are contentious and both people can sometimes be jerks, we know one guy who's going to be a bigger jerk. Um, <laughs> but I think that, um, yeah, I think the first step to figuring something out is talking it out. And that de- debate is a form of that. There we go. So hope for our uh, our Canadian motherland up north. Yes. And uh, so now to just conclude the show, there is a little bit of, of hope fulfilled uh, in the form of Mexican pizza. Last week we went on big tangent because I love Mexican pizza. And I just want everyone to know that I believe the world heard us, heard how badly we want Taco Bell to keep the Mexican pizza because now there is a giant campaign. If you go to saveourmexicanpizza.com, there is an entire website and campaign devoted to saving the Mexican pizza. It's a beautiful site. It's about donating to the cause so that they can save the Mexican pizza. And I wrote them and I said, now, this is the vote that matters the most this year. All right. Well, I think you did it. And that's actually, you know what? And if there's anything, that is democracy in a nutshell. Um, and I'm glad yes. that you were able to uh, sort of capture it in the form of Mexican pizza. So if anybody can show you that that change can be made through voting, um, it is Aaron Bell and Taco Bell. Sorry, Aaron Wolf and Taco <laughs> Bell. Um, Aaron so yeah. Bell. That's my name now. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I had nothing to do with this except that uh, someone put it on a link that I did about the Mexican pizza on Twitter. They, like, shared it with me so that I could see it. But because uh, I did a tweet, of, I've tweeted about Mexican pizza, that's it. But, man, to the people who did this, yes, democracy at its finest. Save our Mexican pizza. So yes. I, guess, I guess with that, um, until next time, and we are so excited again as a part of this hopeful filled um, to be bringing cool new guests to you in the coming weeks. But for now, uh, I'm the Aaron Wolf on all social media. We're the hopeless show on all social media. Rohit, you are 
Vohit for Rohit with the number four on social media. And also I just started a new meme account called Sonic the Hedge Fund. So Sonic.the.hedgefund. It's on Instagram. Lots of good shit posts. Go follow it. <laughs> Go follow it. And again, as we started this and we're going to end it, Happy New Year from me as a Jew and just for all of us to keep to keep pushing forward in this new year, whether this is your new year or it's not till December 31st. Let's keep pushing forward and find hope in all things hopeless. And may everybody have a happy Rosh Hashanah um, and from my side too. And yes, stay, hope, stay hopeful and we'll see you next week. When the world seems gold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore Here it comes, that glimmer of hope A light shines through the dark It's hopeless soul.